This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. Gary Hill joining us at 930 to talk about the Mariners and their win last night and the road trip. Also, uh, you know, Dave Grosby, our weekly dose of the Gros, will be joining us at 1030, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jet in Seattle. Hey, Jet. Hey, Dr. John. Thanks for sucking it up and uh, coming in this morning. We'd be lost without you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, nothing like a little uh, Irish manky for some castor oil for the soul. Mm. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. At least he uh, didn't ask me to, to watch the game tomorrow at 4. <laughs> I don't think he wants anybody to watch the game tomorrow, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, John, and uh, I'm a little perplexed by this. Okay, so the Jets, as you well know, are hurting in, in mm. numerous places, one of which is linebacker. All right. I saw where they worked out Reuben Foster I yeah. think, two days ago, <clears throat> but yet the Raiders sit here and they sign K.J. Wright within the last couple of days. How is it that uh, no connection was made between K.J. Wright and the Jets, given their dire need for uh, linebacking? That's, that's a good question because, again, you know, Robert Sala obviously knows him <clears throat> because he was on the Seahawks staff. And, yeah. And it's like uh, it would only make sense. I mean, you know, and Foster, I mean, he had all the off the it, injuries, off the, off the field issues and all those different things. And uh, you, you just don't know where he is, where you, but you, you know where K.J. Wright is. So they, they should well, have gone for him. Yeah, that's exactly the point. I mean, K.J. Wright's not, not just a proven commodity, but he's a good yeah. proven commodity. You know, I mean, he's no stiff. And Reuben Foster, you got no idea what you're going to get. Uh, he can have, it, okay, and I have not heard any follow-up one way or the other how the, uh, uh, the workout went. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard anything about that? What workout? Um, with Foster. With Foster. No, no, I haven't heard anything about the workout. Yeah, I've got no follow-up on that, so I have no idea what their impressions were afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, if, okay, let's assume that it went well, they are still interested. Is there going to be any league problems with Foster rejoining an NFL team? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, it, it was a matter that uh, I think he's been through his troubles, and I think that's all behind him right now. Uh, so I don't, I don't really see any real issues right now that would prevent him from uh, being on the roster. It's just a matter, is he going to be good enough to be on the roster? Is he going to be healthy enough to be on the roster? And, of course, reliable enough to be on the roster. Yeah, which, again, that's a big question mark, too. Yeah. And uh, so what did you think of the Jets uh, pairing down to 53? It certainly uh, had some interesting moments there. Yeah, which, which parts did you uh, kind of uh, most interested in? Well, um First off, well, first off, before we get to that, I thought once again, you gotta love Joe Douglas, and yeah. let's give this guy some time and let him work. But two things: first off, picking up Shaq Lawson for a very, very reasonable price, mm-hmm, considering mm-hmm. everybody knew that they were hard up for a defensive end or some sort of rush, a pass rushing help, and they really didn't get extorted on what they had to pay for Shaq Lawson. Um, I thought it was a fabulous. Uh, fabulous move right you know i you know he didn't sit back and uh, just say oh well what was us we'll just make do with what we have he went out and was assertive now is shaq lawson as good as carl lawson no is shaq lawson going to light the world on fire no but at least you got a viable fill-in mm-hmm. that can uh, actually provide something as opposed to having you know a whole bunch of experimental players which may develop may not but i thought that was just a very 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 good move 
Dan didn't have to break the bank to get it. And then also to get rid of uh, Herndon for a fourth-round pick uh, to uh, the Vikings, which is basically where, where, which is where they drafted Herndon uh, three years ago now in the fourth round, I thought was incredible. Um, I'm amazed they got anything for him, quite frankly. But to turn that into an asset, I thought was just, again, a very, very shrewd move on Joe Douglas's part. Mm-hmm. So I was really impressed with both of those moves. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, what's left to tight end? Nothing. Well, it's not as if Herndon was lighting the world on fire. No, that's true. I, um, mean, I mean, they need you know, a tight good. end, and so uh, to trade one, again, it's, it's good value for the future with the draft choice, but it doesn't help them for this year. Well, you know, as we know, they have holes in their roster. Yeah. That is one of them. But, uh, I mean, Herndon wasn't going wasn't really going to fill the role all that well or any better than Croft or um, or Brown. Um, so the other thing I thought was a little – I was a little saddened by this one, but I'm still holding out a lot of hope. Is I like Yaboa. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it when they picked him up as an undrafted free agent because I was hoping he was going to slide through the end of the draft. And I was real happy when the Jets picked him up because, uh, well, he's another Mississippi product. And um, he had that, you know, couple of nice plays against uh, uh, Green Bay. And I saw that they, 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 they uh, waived him, mm-hmm. but they brought him back on the practice squad, which I was good to see because I really like him, and I would keep your eye on him uh, perhaps maybe the second half of the season or maybe in the future, but uh, I, I like him. I think, he can be a, I think he can be a solid tight end in this league. So I was, gl- I was sad to see him get waived, but uh, maybe they just want to give him more seasoning and perhaps more work on the practice squad. But uh, I was a little sad to see him waived. Yeah. Uh, what's your, what, what's your as, thoughts on uh, Jamison Crowder getting the positive COVID test? Well, I thought something was up because he hadn't been in practice for yeah, about yeah. a week, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't and nobody was reporting any injuries. So I kind of thought something was up. So that didn't really surprise me, but again, it frustrates me. Now, what I don't know is, and it hasn't been reported, is if he's um, if he's been vaccinated or not. Probably not. I don't know what his status is there, but that would be my guess because they haven't had any other problems in that locker room. So, again, that's a little frustrating. But um, that's one position that they can kind of work around. So hopefully he'll be ready for the first game. But, uh, again... I think right now he probably won't. I would be surprised. But uh, that's one spot where I think they can work around it. Yeah, yeah. What I was really surprised about was them um, uh, cutting Bless Austin. Now it's not as if... I mean, he's an all-pro cornerback, but given the fact that he's perhaps their most experienced, was mm-hmm. their most experienced cornerback, which of course speaks volumes in and of itself, was I thought was a bit of a surprise. But when they say, you know, all, ga- all gas, no break, I mean, they're meaning it, particularly in that defensive backfield. You're going to have nothing but a bunch of kids playing with their hair on fire. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was fine. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. It's a John Clayton show seven ten ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton show on seven ten ESPN Seattle and seven ten sports dot com. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Rick in Twin Lakes. Hey Rick. Hey. Good morning, John. Good morning. I'm not going to give you any medical advice this morning. I figure okay. you can handle that on your own. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, but however, the low-cast deal, um, 
they always wanted uh, they wanted you to subscribe, otherwise they just bombard you with commercials and stuff. So I just went out and bought uh, a digital antenna for all my TVs, uh-huh. and that seems to work great. You can do picture in picture, and uh, you know, with your TV, uh, with, with the uh, satellite broadcast on a local broadcast. So and you get all kinds of great stations. So anybody don't want to mess with locast, just go out and get your digital antenna. It's, uh, they got them at the local electronic stores. Okay. Haven't said all that. Um, Seahawk uh, roster, it was a few surprises, but most of everything was pretty much expected. Uh, I went to the two preseason games, and that, um, what's his name, Witherspoon? Yeah. Uh, he did not look good at all. Mm-hmm. He got beat a couple times on coverage, and he was—he just didn't make a play. He, he, wouldn't, he couldn't tackle, wouldn't tackle. Uh, and one play, he was on the sideline, he was in coverage, he tips the ball, then he falls down. Then the receiver catches the ball and, and advances down the field. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that was pretty much it for the for that. Um, uh, but but, but, but you know, he did say that he was the best cornerback in the league. Well, yeah, but it depends on which huh. league. I don't think it's the NFL. Yeah, Maybe he's true. talking about the um, a church league or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, the, the, the other thing is um, a lot of guys um, uh, thought that uh, certain guys was going to make the team, but they ended up on the practice squad. Uh, just want to say, guys, it's a long season. We, uh, we'll be using a bunch of those guys. They seem to change the rule this year. So we'll be uh, using some of those guys off the practice squad as needed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and K.J. Wright, um, one of the things that um, uh, that uh, was happening with K.J. Wright, I believe, is that team speed. Uh, a lot of times we got beat to the outside. They ran a lot of sweeps on us, and it was uh, especially the Rams and, and the other teams that was running those sweeps on us that we couldn't get there. So they seem to go younger, uh, you know, uh, Guys like Brooks, um, Daryl Taylor looks quick, and they played Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson um, uh, quite extensively during the preseason, just to probably see how they hold up and to learn the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like they did with Damian Lewis; he's switching the left guard, and he looked pretty good there. Um, so I, I anticipate a very good season. Um, uh, Trey Flowers, I didn't quite uh, get that. But I'm not a coach. Uh, I guess they see more than I see. I just know what I see in the games. Maybe he's seeing something else in practice. But uh, hopefully um, he'll do better. Uh, he, he was on TV last night talking about he's going to look for the ball, you know, which is uh, which is good, uh, nice to say. But we'll see if he does it. But I anticipate a good season for the Seahawks. And unlike some so-called experts, I do believe they will make the playoffs. And um, I, I, like I said, I'm uh, I'm still a fan, and I'll be going to the, all the home games. Well, that's that, that, the thing that's so crazy about uh, you know everything outside of Seattle is that uh, you know I think one uh, too many people have overreacted in, in the media to the uh, you know Russell Wilson complaint story because uh, they're thinking oh boy because I I was even on uh, CBS radio yesterday and they're asking me it's like well has he still got problems it's like no he hasn't had problems for months I mean he complained. Uh, he he got his way because you know they did get his voice more involved in different things, and so it's like you know they got him an offensive coordinator he likes, they got him a tight end that he likes, they've upgraded the offensive line, and so it's like uh, so that so that all of a sudden put the question mark. It's like, well, is he going to be traded after this year and all that stuff? It's like, will you come on, people? It's like the story was the most overrated story I've ever been involved in. I've never seen one like that. And then, of course, the other thing is people 
uh, are looking at the beginning of the season last year for the defense and thinking, oh, the defense can't rush the quarterback, they can't do this. I mean, it ended up with 46 sacks last year. Exactly. Uh, you want to improve, you know, it's yeah. best to improve during the year. Uh, one of the reasons they uh, improved um, for this year was Gabe Jackson. Yeah. That guy is huge. I mean, um, he and they, they understand he gives the uh, the guy down in uh, in L.A. a little problem. The place for the Rams is always terraces up in the middle. So that um, I think that we we are, are going to be improved. We're going to have uh, all our players at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. And like I said, I look forward to the to, to a good season. And um, all I can say is go Hawks, brother. Okay, sounds good. Hey, Rick, yeah. thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Tyler in Olympia. Hey, Tyler. Hey, John. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Um, question for you about uh, the cap space that we have now that we got rid of Witherspoon. Yeah. I know it wasn't too much. but Yeah, they, uh, they, they saved you... about uh, you know, $1.5 uh, Okay. Do you think that John will go out and uh, make a splash before the first week, or do you think he's going to be conservative with it and just kind of hang tight? And no, I think he'll try to do something. That. I don't know if he's going to make a big splash, but I think he's going to try. Because, again, the one thing that uh, you can see is that uh, just because they have over $13 million of cap room, they're not going to spend it all now. I mean, you've got until the, the trade deadline and everything else to find the moves that you want to make. And so you always want to have that reserve there. So if there's something like a, a Quandre Diggs is available, you can do that. If you want to get Carlos Dunlap, you can do that. So it's like, I mean, you save for them when the right opportunity is there for a player that you might want. Yeah. And uh, with, with players that we're still waiting to sign, do you think uh, uh, Dwayne Brown and Diggs will end up suiting up week one to play? Yes. Or do you think they'll no, continue they're, to hold they're not, they're not going to miss paychecks. Yeah, I mean, you know, so true. it's like, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, I don't think there'll be a Diggs contract done now because it's too difficult to do. He's making six point two million, and you know, obviously, how much more is he going to get paid as a, a Pro Bowl safety? Is he going to get over ten, or is, you know, how's that going to go? <clears throat> That's more complicated. In the case case of Dwayne Brown, it's just you know a little bit of a tweak in the contract to make that work. Gotcha. Okay. And then one last question before yeah. I let you go. What are your, what's your overall prediction for Seahawks? I mean, I heard you say that they'll be a playoff team, but do you think, uh, what do you think overall I think record? I think 11 and 6 <clears throat> because, I mean, you know, the one thing that is in their favor, particularly the way the schedule breaks, is that you've got Indy at the first game and Tennessee coming to Seattle in game two. <clears throat> and even though the NFC is going to struggle against the AFC and interconference games. You know, I think they got lucky enough to get the easiest division in the AFC, and they get Indy at a time right now where Indy has major problems. I mean, Carson Wentz looks like he may be able to play, but they're down two left tackles because Eric Fisher's coming off the Achilles. Sam Tevy, his backup, he blew out an ACL, and then you know, T.Y. Hilton's not going to be able to play. So you throw all that together. And, you know, that could be a winnable game on the road. Tennessee coming to Seattle, that's going to be a tough one. But if you can go 3-1-4-0 in the AFC South, that's going to help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, thanks for taking my call, and I hope you uh, feel better and have okay. a good rest of your weekend. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Chris in Everett. Hey, Chris. Hey, John. Hopefully you feel better, my friend. I, I care about you a lot, you and your wife. So, anyway, so, hey, hey, real quick question about your wife. So, did you say your wife is, is like, a fan of the Arkansas yeah. team? 
Yeah. Hey, the Huskies are playing the Arkansas State. That's, I think that's like next weekend for college. Okay. Or, no, wait, two weeks from now. That game starts. Let your wife know this is 115. I'm not sure it's on ESPN. So, anyways, let's get down with these questions for you, Professor. I love your show. It's all good, my friend. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to leave out one question, the third one. I'll leave out, and, and we're going to talk about that, too. It was very interesting what the Seahawks have here this year for the NFL. Um, the first question will be, what is the Raiders are going to win a Super Bowl? And the second question is, wins or losses for the Seahawks season? I know you heard before this caller before me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Colts will lose that game. And I looked at the Seahawks' schedule. Um, the Tennessee's point here in Seattle, they might be 2-0. I don't know. So, wins or losses? Now, take your pick, Professor. Colts. Uh, Tennessee Vikings, Steelers, Saints, Jaguars, Packers, and Houston, and the Bears and the Lions. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I think, I mean, you know, I, I, I just think eleven wins right now is the the modest way that you can look at it. I mean, this team is more talented than last year's team. It's got the best quarterback and the best division in football. Uh, you know, so certainly I think that uh, you know Russell Wilson will have a great season, and uh, you know overall. New Orleans isn't going to be as good as they were last year, clearly. And, uh, you know, Green Bay is going to be tough. Pittsburgh is going to be tough. But, uh, you know, I think they have a chance with the schedule to do better. The NFC South, except for with uh, NFC North, has Green Bay. But I think all the other teams right now are shaky. Yeah, I agree with you, Professor. So um, um, I was on Facebook uh, from yesterday, and they said, like, from the expert, whatever, some other coaches or some of the polls, what they have, is yeah. the NFL ranked quarterbacks. I want your rank of quarterbacks of the top 20. I got, like, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. RW, that's Russell Wilson, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is Josh Allen. And number five is Dr. Prescott. And six is Tom Brady. What's yours? Well, I mean, I, I, you probably have to put Tom Brady a little bit higher because of the way he performed last year. So uh, you know, that may drop Russell Wilson down to number four. Uh, I wouldn't put Dak at number six. I mean, still, Deshaun Watson, despite his off-the-field issues right now, I think you know, Wright would be in that next spot. Right. Um, hey, one more question. I'll be off the air here. Um, like we talked about it like a few weeks ago, uh, yeah. the playoffs for college, the new one for the eight. Which one is it, Professor? Eight or twelve? Uh, twelve. But they, they still is it's it's still not etched in stone, is it? Um, I'm not sure because I haven't heard anything about it. But I'm not sure if they're gonna do it next year or the following year when they do the twelve playoff games. Yeah, it's like, uh, and then on top of it, it's like okay, uh, now that it looks like the Pac-12 is going to go to 16 teams. Is that going to work with 12 uh, playoff teams? I mean, it's like, to me, it's all confusing. Very confusing. Yeah. You know, I was reading an article. Yeah, that is confusing. Yeah, I was reading an article about that a few weeks ago about that. So, yeah. Um, um, do you think they might start this year or next year, or you're not sure for the Pac-12 not playoffs? Sure. Not sure. Okay, no worries. Hey, Professor, you have a great day. Enjoy okay. The weather, the sun's coming out. All right, bye. Okay, thanks. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Gary Hill from the Mariner Broadcast coming up next. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. And joining us is Gary Hill from the Mariner Broadcast and another eventful uh, night game 
another eventful game for the Mariners last night. Uh, and Tyler Anderson looked fantastic. And then uh, Sean Doolittle did little. And then all of a sudden, a 5-1 lead's now 5-5. But boy, what what a... What a way to win it in ten innings, particularly you know with the uh, you know the home run and everything else that was there. You know the Mariners threatened early in the game to win just a normal everyday baseball game, but it's the Mariners, so yeah, you yeah. know that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it's been such a wild ride, and they found a way. I mean, we've seen so many one-run games, so many extra inning games, and they did it again. They are so good in those scenarios. And you're right about Tyler Anderson. Uh, he was phenomenal again. He is really, really short up the rotation, and it's been automatic. He's given you five, six, seven innings every time out, two, three runs every time out. And considering when the trade was made, they didn't have a person in the rotation. It was bullpen days at that point. So he has come over and given the Mariners exactly what they've needed Every single time, what a move that's been! That's been phenomenal to shore up the rotation. Well, I know the uh, the book on him back in Pittsburgh. When you talk to all my people back in Pittsburgh, they said ah, five innings, uh, you know, he'll give up three runs and all that stuff. He's far exceeded that because now he's shown he can go into the seventh inning and he can go into the seventh inning only giving up like one run. Yeah, and even that is super valuable when you're talking about a fourth, fifth guy in your rotation. Just getting that consistency every time out, especially you know in in current baseball right now with all the injuries and everything else. It's not like there are a ton of guys floating around out there that you feel like you know you're getting five, six, seven innings every time out. So even even that five run, uh, five six innings three runs is really valuable when you're talking about the back end of a rotation and he's been he's been better than even that and of course Jared Kelnick getting the, uh, the home run two run home run yesterday the game winning single in the 10th inning uh looks like he continues to show that he's getting better and better that was good to see uh, the home run was crushed too which was great and of course the base hit and you just, you, we've seen it, you know, we've seen flashes of it. We know the talent is there, and it, it's going to come together at some point. I think we all feel like that's going to happen. And uh, last night was one of those nights when it did, and one of those nights where they really needed it. I mean, he was instrumental in what happened last night with the home run and and uh, also the base hit and extra innings. So hopefully we'll see a lot more of that moving forward on a consistent basis. He had, he had a nice stretch in August. Uh, before hitting a slide a little bit. So hopefully it's coming together for them, which mm-hmm. would be great, clearly, because they could use it offensively. I, I, Scott Service talked about it going into this trip, and I think it's kind of the, the obvious thing when you look at this team. The pitching has been so good. The starting rotation has been really consistent lately. The bullpen has been phenomenal. It's just about getting the offense consistent and getting the offense going. You even look at these past few games. You know They, they take the series from Houston, but it's really – one grand slam and a sack fly. That was the offense. They, they got it cranked up a little bit last night, which is good to see. But that's going to really be a key down the stretch is getting consistent offense. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, though. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see uh, league-wide and with this Mariner team how many t- times that uh, you have that bases-loaded walk. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> 21 of them this season. Yeah. It happened again last night, which leads Major, Major League Baseball. I I don't know. Baseball's a funny game sometimes, John. I don't. I can't explain that one. I have no idea. It's just so hilarious, and now I cheer for it every time. 
Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for Bezos' loaded walks. I think it's great. Yeah, tw- 21. That's a, that's a remarkable number, isn't it? I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're tied with Arizona, which is weird, leading Major League Baseball. I wouldn't have guessed that either. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a ton. I mean, it's it's a lot, and I have no explanation. I have no idea. <laughs> it's just so strange. Yeah, it's like I a, know. I know. But I tell you what amazes me, and you know, maybe uh, uh, I'm just seeing more of it. Maybe it's because I'm watching closer. Is that you know how many two strike uh, foul balls there are? I mean, it's remarkable yeah. because you know, like I know yeah. you can have a Mariner take it up to ten ten pitches, uh, fouling it off with uh, two strikes. You know, and that's something that we have seen. The process for the offense has been good and we we hear the slogan all the time control the zone or dominate the zone and it's something that they really instill on their hitters and we have seen the process get better and better over time and that's part of it you know just staying alive in account and living for another day and seemingly especially late in ball games we've seen really good plate appearances you know those seven, eight, nine, ten pitch plate appearances, fouling balls off, not swinging outside the zone, you know, that sort of thing. We've seen the special aid in games get better and better. And I think the results are going to follow. You know, something I've been looking at quite a bit is, you know, teams that don't swing outside the zone, teams that don't swing at strikes. And the teams that lead in that, you know, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Astros, you know, I don't think it's coincidence that those are the best offensive teams in baseball because they, they don't give the pitcher anything. They, as teams, don't swing outside the zone. They swing at strikes. And when you look at the Mariners now, they've crept up in the top ten in that mark, and it's just getting steadily better over time. And I think that really bodes well moving forward. If you can get a team that doesn't swing at strikes, that grind it out, you make it really tough on pitchers. I just I don't think there's a coincidence between teams that swing at strikes and teams that are really good offensively. And the Mariners are trying to strive to get there, and they're slowly making progress to get there. And hopefully the results will follow the process. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting better and better and better. But, of course, you're right about the, still the inconsistency with the hitting mm-hmm. that needs to be much more consistent. Yeah, especially down the stretch. I mean, the pitching is there uh, for the most part. I know that the bullpen stubbed their toe a little bit last night, but you can't fault them. They've been nails all season long. Uh, bullpen's there at the rotation, especially with a healthy Marco. Uh, Gilbert with a nice bounce back. Kikuchi with a nice bounce back as well. You feel good about that five-man down the stretch. You feel great about the bullpen. And it really just is about scoring runs. And Hopefully you find a way to get consistent. And they have some guys, you know, I think about Mitch Hanniger who can really carry a load offensively if you can get a hot down the stretch. And now we're getting to the point, you know, we're in September, just a few weeks ago, if you can just get a couple of guys rolling, that would make a huge difference. And we've seen notes of ridiculous one months in the past. You know, mm-hmm. just these white hot one month where he's hitting home runs and doubles and everything else. He had a big night last night. He had three hits. He had the home run to drive into. And he's a guy that I'm looking at down the stretch. If he can get hot down the stretch, it would really, really help the cause for the Mariners. Of course, I mean, the one thing that has been talked about for the longest period of time is, are they going to do anything as far as the extensions for Scott Service and Jerry DePoto? And that got done. And now I think yeah. it's a matter, particularly with the promotion that uh, Jerry DePoto got, that they start to think about getting something done with Mitch Hanniger. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens there. That's going to be one of the interesting. Well, this, I think there's a lot interesting in this offseason. I think there's a lot to get done. Uh, boy, it's going to be really fascinating to see how it plays out. You're right, though. First things first, it was good that uh, Jerry DePoto and Scott Service were taken care of. And now that's out of the way. And now you're right. Uh, attention turns to all the other decisions that are going to have to be made this offseason. First, internally, with uh, you know, uh, with Kyle Seeger, of course, and Yusei Kikuchi, those options, those decisions will be made right away. And then free agency. And Jerry DePoto's talked about it on this station, that they're going to be aggressive this offseason. So it's a really big offseason. I think you feel good about uh, where they are core-wise, but I think especially offensively, they're going to have to add, um, I think, a couple of offensive players to the mix. And if they can add the right guys, I think they're in business coming into next year. Yeah, what, what positions do you think uh, would be involved in you know that? Because you know they, they do have a lot of future and current outfield options. Mm-hmm. It's a really good question. Uh, I think part, I think they'll add an infielder and I guess part of that question depending uh, depends on what happens with Kyle Seeger. But they have some flexibility. Uh, France can move around. Toro can move around. So I don't think they're stuck in one particular spot. I think they'd just like to add an infielder, and we'll see who that is. I also I wouldn't be surprised if they did add an outfielder because they still have some questions remaining there. And I think they'd like to leave kind of the DH open. And it's really, I think, helped Mitch Hanniger get through this season healthy. It's been big that he's had the DH to go to. I think moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Kyle Lewis, you know, DHing as well as he gets his turn there. And I think they would like to, you, you can kind of picture a, a, maybe a four-man outfield if you add another to the mix where, you know, three outfielders and one DH as well. But I think... I don't see them signing a DH. I think they'd like to have that spot open and give themselves some flexibility. So that's kind of how I see this offseason playing out. But at this point, who knows? I mean, we still have a lot of baseball left this year, so I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I saw that uh, you know Kyle Lewis had a little bit of a setback on that knee. How bad is that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that can happen, especially with knees. Unfortunately, there's just not a lot of time left in the season. You were hoping that he could find a way to get back and especially, you know, take some at-bats in a DH spot. We all saw what he could he did last year. The, un, the injury timing was so unfortunate, too. I really thought he was starting to hit his stride this season. And when I look back at all the injuries they have suffered this year, that's the one that I think hurts the most because that production is so missed. They really could have used that thump in the middle of the order. And so I, like everyone else, had fingers crossed, was hoping he could get back. It still could happen, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the reality is you start to look at the calendar and we're just running out of time because, you know, he'll want to go on a rehab. They'll want him to go on a rehab and uh, play a few games in the minors. And so you just start to look at the calendar and, you know, maybe there's enough time to do it, but we're running out. But, man, I'd like to see him back in the Mariners lineup because everyone would. Yeah, such a... It's such a tough loss production-wise and also personally, too. You just feel so bad for him, everything he's gone through, and to have to do it again. It just sucks. It no sucks. doubt. Justice Sheffield came in and did a nice job in his two relief appearances, particularly the one last night. Yeah, how about that? He's, he's looked good out of the bullpen. He's been the good luck charm, John. <laughs> <laughs> there you he's go. Got, he's got a couple wins out of the bullpen, which is good to see. And, uh, you know, he provided – 
the Mariners with a nice lift last night, too. You know, it's one of those games you start to track, okay, they've used him and him and him and him, and he, he gives the added benefit, and I know he only pitched an inning last night, but he gives that versatility out of the bullpen that they haven't had uh, for a few weeks. You know, he's a guy where you can spot him against lefties, you know, face if you needed him to, he could give you a couple innings at a time. So they haven't had a lot of that uh, in the pen recently, but he's looked good too. His velo was up, you know, throwing 93 on uh touch of 94, which was good to see. So, you know, in short spurts, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. You know, he's got, Really good stuff when you look at the fastball and the slider. So that plays out of the bullpen. And I'm curious to see how it plays out the rest of the way. Because so far, so good, which has been good to see. And as we all know, uh, especially when you get to September baseball, bullpens are going to be critical. Just ask the A's. You know, they're having bullpen woes right now. and They lost themselves a big one to the Blue Jays last night. And uh, the Mariners' bullpen has been strong all season long. So bullpens in September even more important than the rest of the season. No doubt. Uh, tonight it's going to be uh, Marco Gonzalez, and it looks like uh, he's starting to bounce back and get back into the consistent uh, number one ace that they, they like him to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, August, I thought he had a chance at pitcher of the month. Robbie Ray got it, but I think Marco was in the mix. Uh, you can't ask for much more than what he did. An ERA about a, a, a 1.58 ERA for the month, six starts along the way. He has looked, you're right, he has looked exactly like the Marco we expected coming into the season. He's He's been great. Only 700 runs allowed in the entire month of August. He's really pitched well. He's going to face a young Arizona team tonight, so I expect more big things from Marco. Who's, you know, he was such a tough stretch with the injury and everything else, but now that he's been consistent in the rotation, he's been that exact guy we've been waiting to see. No doubt. So five uh, ten tonight with Marco Gonzalez going on the mound against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Gary Hill, thank you for the update. And of course, uh, it's the one run season continues. <laughs> <clears throat> no doubt, we'll see another one tonight, John. <laughs> Probably so. Hey, thanks, Gary. Talk to you later. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Dean in Shelton. Hey, Dean. Hey, John. Yes. How's it going today? Good. How are you? Not bad. So we know we got a couple of question marks for the Hawks this year. Yeah. When we get to the draft next year, if it were right now, what do you think they'd pick in the first round? Well, they don't have a first round pick, so it's not going to be uh, easy to do. So There you go. <laughs> so their first pick, are they going to try and find a center or are they going to I think they got and... I think they got to look at left tackle, you know, because you know, Dwayne Brown is his contract's up. We'll see if they get him to sign uh, pass this year, but you know, at some point you got to get that left tackle. Yeah, what about their cornerbacks though? Are they going to find more somewhere else? Or are they going to go get one? Well, I mean, you know, they say what you want. It's like uh, you know, they did take Trey Trey Brown this year, so they have him, and they'll see if they can re-sign one or two of the guys. But uh, you know, way way too early to even think about that part of it. But uh, in, you know, in the end. 
<coughs> they did make the Sidney Jones trade. They, uh, you know, they certainly have Trey Brown as a as a future potential starter. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, we'll see if they do anything with Trey Flowers. But uh, you know, naturally they're going to be always looking for stuff. Yeah, John and Pete are really good about doing that during the year. Yep. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, All right. and, you, and then you don't never know what trade possibilities are coming up as the season goes on. That's why you want to keep enough cap room that you can do whatever you want to do. Now, again, it won't be a big splash, but, uh, you know, like Quandre Diggs wasn't supposedly going to be a big splash, but he turned out to be a great addition. And so, uh, you know, you're just going to keep things open and try to keep getting better. Well, so did Dunlap last year. That yeah. was a that oh, was a good huge, deal. huge. Hey, yeah. Dean, thank All you right, for thanks, the phone John. call. All right, thanks. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Roy in Buckley. Hey, Roy. Hey, how you doing, John? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, you know, uh, I listen to your show every week, uh-huh. and. Uh, um, you talked earlier about uh, uh, Bobby being the best middle linebacker in the league. Right. Do you really think that? Yes. Really? Well, I mean, I, I think he's, he's had a kinda, he's well, had a Hall of Fame type career. Last, after watching him last year, I thought that uh, he dropped down a little bit. Okay, but still, if you drop down from number one, you can still be number one. So who's the best middle linebacker in the year? Well, I mean, uh, a rising star is Fred Warner. I mean, you know, he just got the $19 million contract. But, uh, I mean, you know, it, right. for, for so many years, it was Luke Keekley. Don't get me wrong. I, I love <laughs> I love Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, uh, but uh, I just think he's fallen down a little bit. A li- Am I wrong? If, uh, I mean, if it's, if he's fallen down a little bit, it's not that much. I I called in a couple weeks ago about uh, uh, about uh, Cody Barton. Yeah, and I love that kid. Yeah, he's good. I think he's something special. Mm-hmm. And you can see uh, now with uh, the Ben Barkervin injury, you know, if necessary, they can use him a little bit as a uh, backup middle linebacker. And uh, it's uh, sad that we don't get uh, get back our uh, other linebacker. KJ, so right. The yeah. Raiders just picked up. Right. But, uh, you know, what are we going to do there? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, you just make... Uh, you can only do so much, and uh, you know they, you know, because think about this: it's like uh, you know Jordan Brooks was the strong side outside linebacker last year. He was on the field for 32 percent of the plays. Okay, so now Cody Barton's going to be the strong side, and so you know it probably is going to be the 32 percent. But you can also have uh, Daryl Taylor, you know, off uh, come in and uh, try to maybe do some stuff too. Do you think Cody's going to start this yes. year? Yes. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't he start? Okay. Well, I didn't actually. Well, they, you know, he's special, special teams guy. And so. 
Yeah, but again, it's like there's no I'm KJ. Sure. There's no KJ Wright, and uh, you know now you've got Jordan Brooks moving over to the uh, weak side, and so yeah, he's going to start. I hope so. He's my favorite player now. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Hey, thank you. Anyways, for, thank you for the call. I okay. appreciate your call. Okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710-ESPN Seattle.